<laughs> so, Father, thank you that um, you're going to follow that, Lord. Um, thank you for um, fellowship. Thank you for cake. Thank you for all the conversations that we've had, Lord. Thank you most that um, you're a God who longs to bless and who does bless. And um, we are the grateful recipients of that blessing. So I pray now, Lord, as we close up today, that um, you will be glorified in, in everything that's said and done. And that you will remind us on our way home that um, we were in the presence of the holy, majestic God. And, and that that holy, majestic God has gone home with us. And I praise you, Father, for the truth of that, which is too magnificent for me to hold in my mind. And I thank you that you will keep on reminding me and reminding us of it as we go on with you. For your glory and for our great joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so um, uh, we're just going to just finish up in Matthew. Um, not for long, because it's already quarter to four, but um, just to finish up. And... Um, uh, I wanted to say really that um, I'd like to go through it verse by verse, but I don't think we have the time. But um, there's a psalm, Psalm 18, verse 16 to 19. And I had written it in my notes to, to mention it, and so I'll read it now. He sent from on high, he took me, he drew me out of many waters, he delivered me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. And again, that truth that God delights in us, that God delights in those who know his son, who know the Lord Jesus, and he will bring you out into a broad place. And that's just wonderful, really, because... Um, Sometimes the place is dark and the place seems narrow, but his promise is to take us into that broad place. So um, I wanted to start back, as I say, in Matthew 5, but to uh, remind us of what those first hearers would have thought of when Jesus began with his blessed other poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. It would have taken their memory back to Isaiah 61, or at least to Luke 4, where Jesus stood in the temple and quoted from Isaiah 61 and said, today this is it fulfilled in your hearing. But Isaiah 61 begins, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favourable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. So they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified." Then they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up the former devastations and they will repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. 
Strangers will stand and pass to your flocks, and foreigners will be your farmers and your vine dressers, but you will be called the priests of the Lord. You will be spoken of as ministers of our God. You will eat the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will have a double portion, and instead of humiliation, they will shout for joy over their portion. Therefore, they will possess a double portion in their land. Everlasting joy will be theirs." For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and the burnt offering, and I will faithfully give them their recompense and make an everlasting covenant with them. Then their offspring will be known among the nations and their descendants in the midst of the peoples. All who see them will recognize them because they are the offspring whom the Lord has blessed. And Jesus takes that in Isaiah 61, and he uses that as the basis for his Sermon on the Mount. And um, in a way we wouldn't get, we wouldn't understand, he takes them to the promise of God that, um, that, that God has preached good news to the afflicted, that he has seen the brokenhearted, that he will bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim liberty to captives. And that's really essentially what Jesus was preaching that day on the mountaintop. He was preaching this new message, this, uh, this, the reality that he had come to bring in what God had promised all those years ago. Um, and it's like he's standing there, and it's, it's, it's the same when we read it. He's standing there saying, I am the Messiah. I am the promised Savior. I am the one who was promised by God to do these things. I will favor you. You will be comforted. And he takes it, and as he goes through, you can see um, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, the very next verse, he says, first of all, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will inherit uh, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And then in verse five, uh, 4, he says, Blessed are those who mourn. He takes it straight from Isaiah. Straight from Isaiah 61. Blessed are those who mourn. Why? For they will be comforted. Exactly what God had promised through Isaiah um, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. So, what, what, what do you think he's talking about? What is it that would make the people that he's talking to, the people who receive a new heart, the people who are a new creation, what would, it, what would make them mourn? What is God promising to comfort? Our sin. Our sin. This is not the mourning that goes on over sickness and ill health or death that every human being suffers. This is not mourning over something you've lost. Or This is mourning because you realize the depth of your weakness, your sin, the fact that you do not deserve what has been done to you and for you by God. And there is this deep mourning in you, this grieving over the sin in your life and this deep desire in you that God has placed there for you to live a life that honours him and pleases him. And the mourning when you cannot do it, when you realise that you fail and you, and you fall and, and, the, and, the, and the way that God will sweep in and, and comfort you in that, in that morning. That's God's promise. When you fall and you fail, when you sin and you mourn over it, I will comfort you. Be comforted. 
When you don't choose the right way and you walk a while in the wrong way and then you come to your senses and you realize and you turn and you repent, I will comfort you. I am a God who will give you double portion. I will doubly make good. That's what he's saying to them. Can you imagine what they're feeling when they're hearing this sermon? We hear this message and we're afraid. We're afraid because what we see is this is not who I am. I'm not the one who is like this. I'm not the one who, who, um, who is willing to be persecuted for righteousness sake. I'm not that person. I can't be that person. And, and, and God is saying, I'm going to give you a heart to be able to be this person. And I'm going to fill your life and your heart with blessing. And you only have to receive that blessing. Blessed are the gentle. Why? Blessed are the humble, whatever your um, uh, translation says, verse 5. Fully satisfies are those who humble themselves before God. That's what it means. When you see yourself as you truly are before a God who is magnificent and beyond our wildest dreams, when you see yourself as you really are, you want to fall flat on your face and never lift your face again because you cannot stand the way that you really are. And God says, I have chosen you to be holy and blameless in my sight. I will take you home and you will stand before me rejoicing when you see the work that I have done in your life. Blessed are the humble. Blessed are the gentle. Uh, Matthew 5, verse 5. What does he say? For theirs, you tell me I'm not there yet. They shall inherit the earth. They will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. How will I be satisfied with my hungering and thirsting for righteousness? Because I will hunger and thirst for righteousness until the day I die. How will I be satisfied? Because when I stand before Jesus, I will be like him. I will be like him. And everything about me that I can't stand the sight of, everything about me that I want to be rid of now and can't get rid of quick enough will be gone and in its place will stand fully and completely free, the new creation in Christ Jesus. And I will look like him and I will be with him forever and ever and ever. Why am I blessed? Because that is my future. That is my inheritance. Blessed are the merciful. Why? Why are you blessed if you are merciful? Well, I will receive mercy. I will receive mercy. When do you need mercy? Every day you need mercy. Every day you need mercy. Every day God's mercy is upon you. Every single day of your life. When you need the mercy of God because you know that you haven't been how you want to be, because your heart has not been cleansed completely, because you are not pure yet, because you do hold grudges against people, because you cannot forgive easily, because you find it difficult to be merciful to others. God fills you and pours his mercy over you and will continue to do so.
until the day you go to be with him. I don't know, is there anything more glorious, really? That he is making you so much like Christ that when you see him, you will just run to him. And I'm not trying to say that you have no input into this. You have input. You had to choose to put your trust in Jesus and you have to choose to trust him every day of your life. You have to choose to fight for the things that are difficult for you to hold on to. You have to choose to walk his way. You have to choose to confess when you have sinned. You have to choose to receive the forgiveness that is found in him. You have choice every day of your life and the choices you make affect your fellowship, your experience of fellowship with God. And you can slow the process of you being transformed into the image of Christ. And you can quench the Spirit. And you can grieve the Spirit in you. And if you do, and when you realize it, you will feel so terribly sad. Because you have actually stopped the work of this magnificent God who is changing you and transforming you into a being that you can't even imagine yet but that is gloriously beautiful, that will be fabulous in Christ Jesus. How wonderful that is. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. How can you be pure in heart? God's given you a new heart. You just can't see it. It's a new heart. I will put a new heart within them. I will remove their heart of flesh, their heart of stone, whichever place you read it in, and I will give them a new heart. And they will long to serve me and long to love me. And I will put my spirit within them. And they will be my people. And I will be their God. Can you see it? Can you see it? He's put his heart in you. Who can ascend to his holy hill, as David will say in the Psalms? Only he who has got a pure hands and, and a pure heart. And every one of us cries, no, I want to go to the holy hill. I want to be there where God is. And so he says, here you are. Here's the new heart. It's in you. Will you believe in Jesus? Here, take it. Take what David longed for. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. And David had to pray, do not take your spirit from me. Because before Christ Jesus, before his death and resurrection, people did receive and, and lose the Holy Spirit. But after Christ, it's impossible. You have the Holy Spirit of God within you and he is working on the inside to make you what you already are. I mean, it's just beyond thinking. It's beyond our imagination. It's beyond anything you could ever come up with. That's why it's so wonderful. That's why it's so hard to believe. That's why it's so hard to hold on to. And that's why we have to fight. You have to fight because people hear you and they see you and they know what you're thinking and they know how you feel and they want to see a person who knows their God, who knows their God. In Daniel, Daniel 11, I think it is, verse 32, the second half of the verse, um, God's, uh, God says to Daniel, I think through the angel Gabriel, and the people who know their God will display strength and take action. Don't you want to be that person? I want to be that person. I want to display strength and take action. 
now, in our day, when everything around us is conspiring to drag people to hell, to take them there and to make them not think on their way. I want to be part of a group of people who says, no, this is who Jesus is. This is what he is in my life. This is who he is. And I'm not budging from this place until you have heard the message of his glorious salvation. Don't you want to be part of that? You want to be part of that. You want to be a part of it because you know that it's true and that his power is at work in and towards you. Oh. <laughs> blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Why are the peacemakers blessed? They'll be called sons of God. Why are peacemakers called sons of God? <coughs> Children of God. Go ahead, Jane. What did you say, Jane? I saw you say something. <laughs> there you go. You can say more. I didn't mean to not tell you not to say anything before. So fill us in, Jane, with what you're going to say. Yes. No, no, jump it. It's okay. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And all these things will be added. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yes, find me. Mm. 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 It is a struggle and it is a fight and it's understanding that that makes, helps us to see our need of each other. We need each other. I need you to pray for me and you need me to pray for you and we need to be on the same page and we need to understand and read the same book and worship the same God. We need each other. We need to be in fellowship with one another. We need to do it regularly and meaningfully. We need to get together and talk about the Lord and how we can serve him and love him and how much he loves us and what he's done for us because in that way we build up the body of Christ. We edify and build it up and encourage it until we become become a mighty army. We become the church that the gates of Hades cannot prevail against. We become everything that Christ has called us to be. Blessed are the peacemakers, the people who take God's message of peace. Blessed are they, for they shall be called sons, children of God. The full benefits of being children of God awaits the resurrection. It awaits the time when Christ calls us home. We won't know all the full benefits. Until then, we have to live in the truth of them, on the promise of them. We have to live in that place and be joyful in that place. And then the finale, as it were, verse 11 and 12. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. 
For in the same way they persecuted the prophets before you. Blessed are you when people speak evil of you, when they persecute you. Why? Because they did that to me. And because they did that to the prophets before you. That's the way of the world. That's what's going to happen. Praise God. Hallelujah. No, it's not if. Paul will say to Timothy, everyone who wants to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And one of the things to understand is that, you know, this kingdom that we have now and is still future, God is not waiting like a judge at the end of it. He's not measuring up your life. He's not saying, well, you know, I'm not sure about Maureen. She did her best, but she didn't quite make it. So, you know, she'll be outside the door. I mean, in the main tent, but just not right in, you know. That's not how God is. I have that thought. You have that thought. Oh, Lord, I just want to be in. I don't care if I have to wait at the door, as long as I'm on the inside of the door. Don't you have that thought? Something like it. I just, I just want to get in. I don't deserve to be any closer. Do you know what God's answer is? No, you don't. But you are in Christ, and he's right there in the centre. He is right there at the right hand of the throne of God. He is right there and that's where you will be, right inside. Despite your doubts, despite your failings, despite your sin, right there at the throne of grace with this God who has taken you there. Oh, I just, well, I am crying. Not that I want to cry, I am crying. And so can you see at the end when Jesus said, Blessed are you when people insult you. Blessed are you when you mourn. Blessed are you when you are like this. How blessed you are. Rejoice. That's why he says rejoice and give thanks. Rejoice. Rejoice and give thanks for the endless life that you have in Christ Jesus, for his grace and his mercy and his love and his kindness and the strength he provides and and the power that you experience and the life that he wants to give you. Rejoice. Rejoice and receive. Receive and rejoice. Just go on this circle. Rejoice and receive, receive and rejoice. Go on and on and on and on with the Lord and believe what he said and praise his name for the saying of it. No, no, how to spoil a moment, both of you. No, no, I'm only kidding. Yes, no, you're right, Kate, you're right. Yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. (laughs) Okay, I don't think I can follow that. So, um, yeah, just all of that to say, you know, we live in days of great trial. We do. And we are going further and further into those days. And it will become more and more difficult to stand for the Lord. That's why he's blessed you. You have to lay hold of that blessing. 
You have to lay hold of it and determine that you'll fight to hold on to it if it takes a fight. Um, yeah. Lay hold of all that is already yours. So, Father, thank you. Thank you that we reached the end. Thank you that you have brought us to this place. Uh, thank you that... Uh, yeah, thank you for your word, Lord, that just... I don't know, it strengthens us and draws us and shows us your great love. Thank you that it keeps repeating and repeating and repeating the same truths to us. Thank you that we are sheep with pea brains, but you are a God who speaks loudly and clearly. Help us, Lord, as we determine to uh, make this laying hold of blessing, this receiving of blessing, a reality in our everyday life. Help us, Lord, to do that and to... Witness to the Lord Jesus in all his glory and wonderful grace. Help us to do that, Lord, because we find within ourselves that great desire to make him known. So I praise you, Lord, and I thank you for what you've done today. I thank you for what you will continue to do. I pray, Lord, that you would bind us together in fellowship, that we would find that we have one heart, one mind, one faith, that we would go on with our one Lord and we really would be all that you call us to be in these days and in the place that we live. In Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you.